Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is November the 19th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. I will say that I am down with the sickness a little bit. Looks like I got a cold. I feel like I officially can call it that now. But you know what? I'm counting my blessings because at least we can operate on this. You know what I mean? I'm not like in the house, quarantined. You know, it's not COVID. It's not the flu. So, you know, we move. We're moving. And also, as of colds go, this isn't like as bad as some of the ones I've gotten in the past. I think like, and and I said this before, maybe not so much on the podcast, but just to my friends, like colds are the things that actually wind up taking me out on like a season to season basis. You know, when I was younger, I felt like I was getting a cold every season at least once at least once and then in the winter i get like maybe even two so you know this is november right now like you know hopefully we're gonna be okay and you know not gonna get too sick and hopefully i you know i I get back to 100 percent soon you know uh you know willing uh let's see here so outside of that um is there a food corner that i can report yes actually yes i uh i made some chili and rice and I added um, some chicken tendies. I've been in a chicken tendy mood, chicken mood. And um, I, you know, cut up the chicken tenders a little bit, put them in the chili and rice, had some tortillas, and uh, it was a nice little meal. I enjoyed it. It was pretty yummy. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, that, that wraps up all the personal stuff. So yeah, let's go ahead and do my startup, and then we will get into some news. Also, excuse me if I'm, you know, doing any coughing, sneezing, uh, nose blowing. Y'all know I'm not the edit out type of person, so it is what it is. Sorry about it. All right, from the Associated Press, 32 babies in critical condition are among the patients left at Gaza's main hospital, UN team says. A United Nations team said Sunday that 291 patients were left at Gaza's largest hospital after Israeli troops had others evacuate. Those left included 32 babies in extremely critical condition, trauma patients with with severely infected wounds and others with spinal injuries who are unable to move the team was able to tour to tour shifa al-shifa hospital for an hour after about 2500 uh, displaced people mobile patients and medical staff left the sprawling compound saturday morning said the world health organization which led the mission um, now it's kind of a little bit under debate about whether or not they've been just like they were allowed to leave or forced to leave. Um, you know, I, I think either way, it's still a grim situation to be fucking put in no matter what. Uh, it's crazy that a hospital, a fucking hospital was bombarded, then surrounded by snipers, you know, motherfuckers on artillery and shit. A whole tank runs through this fucking hospital. Um, because, uh, quote unquote Hamas is in there now, granted, I mean, they've gone through great lengths to prove it. 
the you know all the underground tunnels and you know we didn't find the uh the the bat cave you know the hamas central hq that they were touting up but they sure as shit showed you as much as they could you know as many little guns as many little vests all the kinds of things they could in this fucking hospital so that's more or less where we're at there um you know, i wouldn't say that it is a good place but you know uh it seems that now the conversation is moving more towards the south which is also a very unfortunate thing even though like they said hey you guys have to leave the north you know um we had the jambalaya refugee camp uh that situation has happened multiple times they cover it again here because it's happened again uh they just keep hitting up that refuge the refugee camp i'm sorry um you know, of course, with the, um, you know, the, the motive of we're looking for Hamas, we're trying to get rid of Hamas. Um, but now also they are turning to Han Yunus, which is like a southern area. They are now, you know, spreading leaflets, going on social media, telling people now you have to leave the south because we are going to now go to the south and take out Hamas. And it's like, dude, like, what do you expect people to do? You've had them uproof their whole lives and move south all along the way they were getting bombed and then they get to the south they're still getting fucking bombed and you're saying oh no we're not doing that we're not doing that but meanwhile you fucking are <laughs> now they've moved here they're here they're they're crammed in these shelters some have even moved back and just said fuck it i'll take the risk go back to the north but now you're saying no you you gotta leave the south and you know there's some places we'll tell you where to go and you can go there but it's like i mean there are u.n shelters getting hit here so i i just don't know how this is supposed to be like on the level it just doesn't make sense and and meanwhile you still have you know a waffling you know white house saying like oh don't worry you know we're we're we're, we're definitely standing by israel here but we're not advocating anything bad we're not pushing any ethnic cleansing or genocide oh sure no way but meanwhile, you know, we're still trying to get them as much money as we can, as much lethal aid as we can. We are not advocating for a fucking ceasefire. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I will say it's it's kind of in the wind that um, there might be like a big hostage exchange um, for like maybe up to like five days of a ceasefire, which would be something. But even so, you know, Israeli top brass are saying, no, that's not a thing. We don't want to give Hamas even a second. We don't want to give them a second to regroup, so... I don't fucking know. Uh, that's more or less where we're at. I mean, I, I know that every time I cover this shit, I, I still leave out so much shit because there's just so much happening. And I'm, you know, I'm just a little guy. I'm just a small bean. But I, I do feel like there's just always an importance to just keep a spotlight on this shit. Um, and uh, we shouldn't hop off a fucking genocidal Joe's neck. Like, let me make that fucking clear and abundant. Um, as well as all the motherfucking top press. I mean, I, I look at the, the people in Israel who have family has been taken hostage and they're like whoa you're like yo do something like we, and by something we do not mean just blow up a bunch of people we like and, and, and they also understand too because they're getting the same kind of you know headlines that everyone else is when you know hamas comes out and says hey look you guys just bombed this area and there was like 50 hostages there and they're dead now so it's like they don't want that to be their person. They want to get their people out. And it's like crazy that people like Benjamin Netanyahu are like, yeah, that's a secondary thing for sure. We're definitely going to do it, but we have to eliminate Hamas. We have to stop Hamas right now. And it's like, motherfucker, you are definitely part of the reason Hamas is a thing. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Uh, so, yeah, that's where we're starting off. That's where we're kicking it off at. Uh, feel free to read that article if you want to get all the guts up. Uh, let's move on to another Associated Press piece. 
A man who killed three women and a teenager is found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, police say. A suspect in Tennessee died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound while on the run Sunday after a series of shootings that killed four people, all women, and seriously injured a fifth, police said. Officers found the body of Mavis Christian Jr., 52 years old, in his car during a manhunt following the shootings of three following the shootings at three locations in Memphis that left three women and a teenage girl dead and critically wounded another teenage girl. The Memphis Police Department sent a statement. Uh, We are deeply saddened by the tragic and senseless shootings on Saturday, resulting in the deaths of four innocent family members and a fifth victim critically injured. Our statements and prayers go out to the victims and their loved ones as our community grieves uh, more lives taken by domestic violence. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is obviously yet again, another sad story, another sad shooting and yet again, another sad, you know, instance of domestic violence. It is, um, I feel like just a strong case point to really just show right here and now that this is still a fucking thing. Like, cause we talked about it a week or so ago with the Supreme court talking like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, we obviously realize that domestic violence is bad and you shouldn't have, you know, access to a firearm, maybe, but, like, maybe let's just, like, talk about this, let's, like, make sure that we're not going too far here, but it's, like, no, like, there, there are so many times that you can just even go on the internet, and you can just see just people saying, oh, well, you know, I got this gun now, now I can just do whatever the fuck I want, I've seen people even go into, like, police stations with their gun out saying, hey, I'm gonna handle shit right now, and I can't imagine that, but at the same time, it's just a powerful feeling, I guess, owning a gun, and I think in this situation, Christian was like, oh, well, I'm a wronged party here, and I'm gonna get mine, and now you have this ability to just click and delete people, and um, yeah, I mean, that's just such a dangerous fucking thing, it's just something that when I think about it, it freaks me out, man, like, myself, my neighbor, anybody down the street, the guy I'm driving next to along the way, they just could do whatever the fuck they want if they have that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So it's just a very powerful thing. It's a very potentially devastating thing, and it's very sad here in the situation uh, coming out of Tennessee. So I just wanted to talk about that, do some coverage. Um, let me see here. Let's go ahead and move along, though. Uh, from The Verge, open AI board in discussions with Sam Altman to return as CEO. Now, I believe, yeah, Friday he was sent packing. Um, I think they said over, like, communication concerns. Uh, currently, Mira Murati is the interim CEO of OpenAI. Um, now, what is OpenAI? We've talked about this a little bit, but they are the creator of ChatGPT. And if you don't know, you've been under a rock or, you know, don't have a computer. You're probably, like, super happy, living really well and great. Great for you. But yet, you somehow found here. You, you got here. Awesome, cool. Um, ChatGPT essentially, you can talk to it. It talks back to you. Like you give it a query, it can do the query. It runs through a bunch of learned behavior, learned things on the internet, and then spits it back out at you. Uh, it's a pretty interesting fucking thing. Uh, some people are like, "Oh, this is Skynet. What you to happen?" Um, but I mean, yeah, it's been an ongoing project headed by Sam Altman. He is like a very key piece to this, you would thought, 
But yeah, as of this weekend, he's been sent packing. But it seems that they want him back. Um, it was a misunderstanding. We didn't mean it, baby. Please, 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 please. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, but the OpenAI board is in discussions with Sam Altman to return to the company as its CEO, according to multiple people familiar with the matter. One of them said Altman, who was suddenly fired by the board on Friday with no notice, is ambivalent about coming back and would want significant governing changes. Um, update as of 5.35 p.m. PT. A source close to Altman says the board had agreed to had agreed in principle to resign and allow Altman and Brockman to return. Uh, Brockman is like a friend and another you know piece of the company. Um, essentially, uh, he oh he's board chairman, so they kind of both split and said, okay, well we could just make our own startup since we're kind of like the face of literally AI right now. Um, we could just do our own thing poach some more people and fuck it who needs fucking open ai fuck them um so that's where i think like this kind of like oh we need to fucking fix this damage control is kind of happening um but that being said it doesn't look like the people up top are going to resign as of yet so who knows you know i'll definitely keep you posted there but um open ai's largest investor microsoft said in a statement shortly after altman's firing that the company remains committed to its partnership with the AI firm. However, OpenAI investors weren't given advance warning or opportunity to weigh in on the board's decision to remove Altman. As the face of the company and the most prominent voice in AI, his removal throws the future of OpenAI into uncertainty at a time when rivals are racing to catch up with with the unprecedented rise of ChatGPT. Uh, let's see here. OpenAI's current board consists of Chief Scientist Isla Skutskever, Quora CEO Adam D'Angelo, former Geosim Systems CEO Tasha McCauley, and Helen Toner, the Director Strategy of Georgetown Center of Security and Emerging Technology. Um... Unlike traditional companies, the board isn't tasked with maximizing shareholder value, and none of them hold equity in OpenAI. Um, also, Altman didn't have any equity in OpenAI, so that's why it was so easy for him to get, like, axed. It's, like, the main reason why you can't get rid of Mark Zuckerberg, because he's, like, intrinsically tied to the company in a way that you cannot fiscally divide him. Um, whereas Altman's just, like, he's just the guy. He just can't. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's also been some other accusations, uh, things that are launched that people are maybe saying, oh, maybe that's the reason why the board let him go. I don't really want to cover any of that yet until it's more fleshed out, seemingly, seemingly more real, less online Twitter shit. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how this shakes out. It's definitely a big shake up. That's for sure. Um, you know, but also at the same time, I kind of don't care about ChatGPT. It, it de- I used it one time, played around with it for about like 10 minutes, and then I was like, this is cool and all, but like, unless you're like a college student, unless you have like kind of some kind of pet thing that you want to put, like project you want to put the chat GPT on, I don't really see like a use of it. And even then, it's like that can potentially get you into trouble, um, you know, and or it's also hacky. Like whenever you kind of use the material and it gets better and better, I will say that, like they keep upgrading and updating um the model but like 
I don't know. When I used it, it definitely felt like a clunky thing. It felt like more of a like a, a little pet nuance more than anything other than like, I don't know, revolutionary technology. But definitely, I mean, machine learning, you know, AI is definitely on the rise. Um, I, I know you see places fighting with it and then also scrambling to work with it and use it and make their own versions of it. It's very interesting times we find ourselves in and um you know time will tell maybe we are in a skynet situation i personally would not mind my name is not john connor so like i'm cool like whatever um but yeah man man the robots are taking over man i don't know <laughs> all right we have one more thing to cover before i let you go so you know what that means i'm taking my break and we're gonna keep it tech we're, we're, we're staying in the tech sphere we're doing nerd shit right now okay Ooh. Okay. So this is from Ars Technica. Ransomware group reports victim it breached to SEC regulators. So this was a little cheeky move by some hackers. Um, one of the world's most active ransomware groups has taken an unusual, if not unprecedented tactic to pressure one of its victims to pay up. Reporting the victim to its U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. The pressure tactic came to light in a post published on Wednesday on the dark website run by Alf V, a ransomware crime syndicate that's been in operation for two years. After claiming to have breached the network of the publicly traded digital lending company Meridian Link, Alfie officials posted a screenshot of a complaint it said it filed with the SEC through the agency's website. Under a recently adopted rule that goes into effect next month, publicly traded companies must file an SEC disclosure within four days of learning of a security incident that had material impact on their business. So I won't, you know, I'll spare you the mumbo jumbo of the, the ruling or whatever. And honestly, I don't think anything's going to happen to Meridian Link for this. It's not in effect yet, and not to mention they are victims of, uh, of a you know cyber crime, a cyber attack. So at the end of the day, they're still going to be looking for Alf V and saying like, "What the fuck? Like you guys are on the hook for this." But I will say that that's relevant. Like they didn't mention this; they just let that shit slide and just handled it on the low. That's something that is very relevant at the end of the day. Like if you're a shareholder, if this is like a a thing where like customers come and interact with it, then it's like, hey, you're telling me my information or something like my money, what have you, is potentially compromised. Like you should have the right, you would think, to know about that. Like and then to act accordingly. Uh, to deprive that of you, it, it seems criminal. Seems like something that would be very bad. Um, but obviously for Alv, they're using, and I believe it's like Black Cat is the ransomware they're using. But um, and also. If there's like a, a hacking scale, we've talked about Lockbit and their ransomware or whatever. They're like number one. I think like Alf V is like under them. But um, that being said, you know, they both do big shit. And um, Alf V was like, hey, man, they aren't reporting this shit. We're letting you know. You should do something about that with your new fucking rule coming up. Um, it's definitely a good way to say, hey, man, fucking pay up, man. <laughs> you owe us some money, man. <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I mean, obviously this isn't me like advocating hacking or anything like that, any kind of like cyber criminal activity. Um, but yeah, it was definitely super interesting. A very, uh, like I said, cheeky ass fucking move by Alf V to say, hey, we're going to actually report you for not reporting our crime. <laughs> Like, this is such a hacker thing, dude. Like, you know, they do, like, fucking clickety-clackety with their fucking sunglasses on. It was like, yeah, dude, this, gonna, this is going to hit so fucking hard. Send. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, that more or less wraps it up. We'll call it for that today. Um, yeah, cool. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. And hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.